forget the status quo. What? This is a sports coverage thing you want to hear. All right, all right, all right. Recorded from the heart of Northeast Mississippi, covering high school, college, and the pros. Jackson Finch, Peyton Taylor, this is Cousin Cast. What's going on, everybody? Hi, I'm Jackson Finch, and along with Peyton Taylor, we've got an episode of Cousin Cast coming at you today. You know, we took uh, about a two or three week break. We haven't posted anything, but uh, we're finally getting something to post now. And Peyton, tell them what's going on, man. Hope everybody's been well. Yeah, like Jack said, we took the break after we did uh, the Auburn and Kentucky wrap up video. That's when the you know the murmurs came out about maybe do a conference only schedule, and we just decided since you know that's going to be we know what y'all are most interested in is college uh, is college football. So we just figured it'd be nice, just take a couple of weeks break, figure out exactly what's going on, which I still don't know if we have the biggest idea of what's going on, but get a little bit more clarity and then come to you guys with recording. So I'm excited for today. Yeah. So like you said, we, we still don't know exactly what's going on, but what we do know is that the big 10 and the PAC 12 have canceled uh, or postponed whatever word you want to use their fall seasons. And we'll get into a little bit more in depth with that. And uh, we'll also talk a little bit today about the success of the NBA bubble at Walt Disney World and kind of preview the playoffs coming up. Because I'm sure uh, most teams have like either one, maybe two games left. And they'll start playoffs here pretty soon. With the West, in the Western Conference, is going to be a little bit interesting with the play-in game, which it looks like it's going to be uh, Portland. And I think Memphis can still get in. But we'll talk about yeah, all that. Uh, all and, yeah. Um, um, we'll go ahead and we'll start with college football, though. So, Peyton, if you want to kind of lead that off. Yeah, uh, you know, you got the um, – you obviously the Big Ten. Reports started coming in Saturday that the college football season was in uh, serious jeopardy. Um, and it comes on the heels from what most believe uh, some medical teams are worried about uh, myocardiast I, – I, myocardiast, I believe is what how you pronounce it, which is – Something that can come from uh, a viral uh, a virus, just like it can come from the flu, common cold, but they think it might be more prevalent in COVID-19. That is an inflammation of the heart. And that's gotten, obviously, so much physical activity. That's got people worried. That's what most are believing can cause the Big Ten and Pac-12 to cancel their season or to postpone it. And uh, that actually leads me, Jackson, I want to ask you uh, and kind of start off a discussion here. You know, they say right now they're committed to playing a spring season. Do you think Do you think they're going to play a spring season? No, absolutely not. I think that is just false hope. Uh, there's just too much that goes on in the spring, too many question marks involving the NFL draft. Are you going to play a spring season, even if you play it as early as January through March? You're talking about playing those three months. Are you going to try to turn around and play again in the fall? And then you run into a whole different safety precaution when it comes to, you know, the collisions with concussions. So I think the whole, all the talk about a spring season, I really think that, I mean, there's just no logistically, there's no way for that to happen safely. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And, uh, you know, we talked about it. And I, I just don't see a way, you know, because not only uh, – one from a safety standpoint of, you you know, you've got the – you'll have these guys playing uh, most likely in the span of March to December, you're going to have them playing – uh, 20 to 22 football games, you know, a season, depending on how well they do. Um, 
and I just don't I just don't see how that's uh, going to work out in the spring. And like I said, you got baseball and basketball to add on to it. It's just you you had to make a. That's why I thought it was so important for teams to make a play for it because you're either playing now or you're not playing until next fall. Absolutely, I agree with you 100. percent the The whole spring deal it might be a little bit better more at like the high school level and it may could even pass in the junior college level. But when you're talking about power five uh, collegiate football with these big major uh, universities and along with uh, having playing football in the spring, if you move football to the spring, you will have to play football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball. And it's just, there's too many things from the month of January into, you know, the summer months of June and July. There's just not enough time for everybody to get, you know, their full share to uh, play. And then with football, uh, it comes back in. You'll want to get that started in the fall of 2021. And like you said, you're playing 20 to 22 games in one full year, one calendar year for college athletics. That's just – that's it brings it to a whole different side of, you know, medical, um, you know, like I guess a medical scare because not even are you talking about the virus anymore. You're talking about, you know, head on collisions to where it brings into concussions and just totally different, you know, medical measures that they have to worry about. So a spring season at the power five level, I think, and even group of five level, it's just not, you know, not feasible. Absolutely. And it's just, you, you wonder and, uh, You've had some people even uh, talk about the possibility of, um, you know, college football going into their own kind of bubble. But you've had people say, you know, that takes away amateurism or that's the NCAA thing behind it is because then you're having to pay players, you know, for their – you have to provide hotel food, stuff like that. And it could get to the point of where, again, you're taking away their amateurism and we know the NCAA doesn't like that. So – you you got to make a run at it. Um, what are you, and just because you know this has all been developed and we haven't been able to talk and tell you know what are your thoughts on conference only schedules? Um, I think you know especially right now and at the time that we have, I think that is the right thing to do. Now I would be in favor of having like one non conference regional opponent within like you know for Mississippi State and Ole Miss that could play Southern Miss. Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee State, somewhere right that is, you know, close within, you know, like a 400-mile radius or so. But for right now, I think the conference only is the right move. And I think it'll be interesting for all conferences because that's a lot of, a lot more games. You're talking um, normally where we have eight conference opponents in the SEC and, and two on your opposite uh, conference. So as Ole Miss and Sater in the West, you usually play two East teams. Now you're playing four East teams. So I just think it's interesting to play more teams that you don't see as often from a fan standpoint, and I just think it, it's better football. Yeah, you, you've definitely got fan intrigue uh, in the conference-only slate. I'm like you. Uh, I think being able to play a regional opponent, you, it, you're telling me that, for instance, like in the case of Ole Miss, and we can talk about the schedule drops as well uh, for the SEC, you're telling me that Ole Miss can go on the road to play Kentucky, but if we wanted to play Southern Miss right now, we could yeah, it's, it seems it, – That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't really think it's a – hypocritical is the right word, but it just kind of makes you wonder if they can travel all that way to Kentucky but, you know, not be able to play Southern Miss who's just, you know, uh, two or three hours, you know, down the road south of Mississippi. But um, 
And I think the ACC, and I'm not sure about the Big 12, but I think the ACC has implemented a plus one to where they can play yes. a non-conference. Uh, big, big 10 has done that, or Big 12 has done that as well. They, uh, they play non-conference games in a plus one. Like, for instance, Texas Tech released their schedule uh, last night after the Big 12 made their statement that they're planning on playing. Uh, and they are playing Houston Baptist uh, to start off the to start off their season on September twelfth, I believe. Yeah, and it it would be good for the smaller schools too, especially the really small schools like your your Jackson States, your Tennessee States, and you know teams that don't get to play on big stages. They make a lot of money playing those games, so it would oh, no be doubt. good for them to play a game like that. But as the SEC, as it holds right now, and probably not going to change, that they're not going to be able to play those games this year. No, no, no doubt about it. That's not going to change. Uh, and now we can talk about uh, a little bit about the uh, conference slate. Uh, Real quick, Peyton, before you start that, I was going to ask you. And me and my, you know, dad were talking about this, and I think it, I think it's a good topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. With the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceling their seasons, canceling their fall seasons, what are the ramifications for that? What are the you know, what could come out of that them that's positive, but also what could come out of that, you know, negative towards them as well? Um, okay, so – and we talked about this a little bit the other day too, I believe. Uh, and you have the possible ramification uh, right off the bat, max exodus of players leaving rosters. I think that's very possible. For instance, uh, you know, a spring season, Justin Fields at Ohio State, that's not happening. Uh, you yeah, know, he's either going to the draft or he's coming back down south to play in one of the other in one of the three conferences he's playing. Obviously, we don't know yet, but I mean, he's not just gonna, you know, sacrifice his chance at the NFL possibly to play a spring season. And so, I think you're going to see not just him, but all over the Big Tw- uh, Big Ten and Pac-12, you're going to see players transferring, especially high-profile players or players that are looking to raise their draft stock in their senior season. It's going to happen. Uh, and then you look at recruiting. And some people, you know, there's a report that came out from a Big Ten coach anonymously that said he had already had a player uh, say to that he is no longer considering them because he wants to go to a school that, quotes actually cares about football. And uh, you might have that happen to a smaller extent. I don't think that's going to be something widespread because it might affect – it might affect this year's recruiting because you're going to have seniors that aren't using their year of eligibility and then are filling up rosters, which takes up playing time. But I don't think that's just going to be a very long-term ramification. I think the long-term ramification comes from stud, uh, stud freshmen, sophomore, and juniors that are transferring out or leaving for the draft, and that's going to deplete your roster of experience. Yeah, I agree with you uh, for the most part. When it comes to recruiting, like you said, that I think that's going to be kind of, you know, at a lesser degree, because once all this passes by, you know, Ohio State to Michigan, they're still going to get the four- and five-star guys. Oregon's still going to get four- and five-star guys, no matter what happened right now. But uh, I think it's just one of those things where the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they took – I think they took an even bigger risk than the other three Power Five conferences planning on playing. I think it's bigger to say no. I saw somebody say – that it was actually Steve Spurrier on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday. He said, it's a lot easier to say no than yes. Well, no, actually, it wasn't Steve Spurrier. It was Ed Orgeron in an interview with SportsCenter. He said, it's a lot easier to say no than it is to say yes. And I think that remains true now. Yeah. And the fact that I think it's a bigger risk 
for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to go off because they're either going to look really, really smart or the three conferences that are going to play and have a successful season and, you know, crown a national championship, and then the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to look really dumb. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you completely. You're going to have uh, – uh, it's a it's a big risk-reward because if, you know, it turns out we can't play football safely, the Big Ten and Pac-12 get to say, you know, well, we told you guys, you know, I, I don't get why you didn't listen to us. Uh, but then you have uh, the possibility of the SEC, ACC, and Big Ten, 12 playing it going really well, very limited cases, uh, no hospitalizations or anything like that. And then you look at it and you're like, wow, you just lost out on a year revenue and, you know, possibly hurt your rosters for the next two to four years. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's, there, there's a, there's a pros and cons to every decision in life. And this is a very, it's a very big one they made, no doubt about it. And we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But, uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. And like you said earlier, we'll kind of go ahead and talk a little bit about the SEC scheduling. They've, they've announced the teams, the extra two teams that each team is going to be playing. They haven't released dates, but I have seen where that's coming pretty soon. I actually saw where it might come this week, but coming later in the week, it might be you know, another time. Some, but some, we, people, some people have rumored as early as tonight for a drop. Yeah, so we'll, you know, look for that, and it would be our luck that we finish this episode and then uh, it drops 20 minutes after we're done. But we'll go ahead and talk about just kind of the opponents that everybody uh, in the SEC got and what our thoughts on that was. So, Peyton, you can go ahead and start. Uh, first of all, my condolences to your Bulldogs. Thank you. We, we take all the condolences that we get. So let's start off with Mississippi State. You know, obviously, y'all get a e- probably the easiest draw in the SEC. Uh, we'll get at first in Vanderbilt at home. That that yeah. you can't ask for a better draw than that. But then, then they again. make up with it. <laughs> yeah. And y'all draw the Georgia Bulldogs on the road. Uh, and obviously, if you know anything about college football, you know Georgia and Florida are going to be battling out again, most likely for the SEC uh, East Division Championship. So, you know, obviously that's a terrible – you can most likely chalk that one down, unless Leach does some amazing things, chalk that one up to a loss. Uh, But, you know, it's not all terrible because you do get Vanderbilt, which is about as foregone of a win as can be. Yeah, look at – that's definitely not the game that, you know, anybody wants going to Georgia. But looking back on it, we already – we had Kentucky, that's our every-year opponent, and then we have Missouri at home. So I kind of understand why they gave us a tougher opponent there because our two East teams that we already had aren't the toughest teams out there. Kentucky's going to be, you know, probably a, a, a middle-of-the-pack East team this year, kind of equivalent with, you know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I think those will be good games because Ole Miss – doesn't Ole Miss get to play Kentucky this year? Yes. Uh, yeah, I was about so, to say that will be an extra yeah, lead in in just a second. The, the Mississippi teams playing Kentucky, those will probably be good games because I think both all three of those teams are kind of in equal value as it comes to uh, talent. But, um, yeah, going to Georgia is not what you wanted. Then again, you know, the fan experience this year is going to be a little bit different. We'll see how that all plays out. But uh, with that, we'll kind of go ahead and talk about Ole Miss. Do you have it there in front yeah. of you? It, it, yeah, it's a perfect lead-in. Uh, you know, you get Kentucky – uh, on the road, uh, y'all get Kentucky on the road as well this year, I believe. Um, yeah, we do. And so they get the two Mississippi teams on the road. And like you said, Kentucky's middle pack SEC team, just like I expect Ole Miss to be in the West. Uh, I think everybody in the West except possibly Arkansas, but I think Arkansas has a – I think Arkansas has a chance to be slightly competitive this year. But besides them, I'm almost assured uh, 
I think every team in the SEC is going to in the SEC West is going to be competitive. So you can expect really good ball games there. And then we draw South Carolina um, at home, and you know nothing's for certain. We lost to them at home a couple of years ago, but I think you could chalk that up most likely as a win, uh, which is nice to see because Ole Miss, you know, you got Vanderbilt each year, but you also already had Florida, so it's nice to see you get that draw. Uh, you know, of two very manageable wins. Yeah. Uh, with uh, South Carolina coming – South Carolina, it's a little bit like Kentucky. I think Kentucky's a little bit better than South Carolina, but they're also going to yeah. be a middle-of-the-pack team. Uh, but you're talking about Arkansas. We can kind of lead into Arkansas real quick. They they got a really, really bad uh, bad draw. They, they definitely drew the uh, longest stick, if you will. Uh, longest stick on uh, second longest stick only to Missouri, and we'll talk about and we can knock those out in general. Arkansas, Missouri, uh, you know they saw them. I guess they saw them with the the easiest uh roads already. You know some of the easiest things. Uh, and uh, you know Arkansas draws Missouri. Missouri draws Arkansas. That's an every year rivalry. Um, and then it's kind of a forced rivalry. Yeah, yeah, it's a forced rivalry, and uh, you know y'all get Missouri. Uh, so and the SEC, I, I, you know, we talked about how the SEC uh, sees Mississippi State this year as a near bottom team, which that's more a discussion for later. But I think we all agree with that, no matter how true or not true it is. Um, but and I want to look up Arkansas's uh, second. They got Florida and Georgia. Yeah, they got Florida and Georgia, but I wanted to look up also who they get uh, also out of the East. I believe it might be South Carolina. Um, but you know, they no, they get Tennessee. So you know, they already had a, they they get, they draw the top, they draw the worst team in the East most likely, besides maybe Vanderbilt, and then they draw the three toughest teams, and that's uh, that's pretty rough. I, I would think Arkansas. Arkansas might have the worst draw. It, 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 either way, it leads into an interesting discussion as to whether the SEC protected their golden boys in uh, Alabama, jo- uh, LSU, Georgia, and Florida. It definitely looks that way. I'm trying to um, pull everybody's up and we can kind of just uh, briefly talk. Alabama, they got um, – they already had Georgia, and that was going to be a big game early in the season. Uh, at home, and then they have Tennessee, who they play every year, and then they got Kentucky, Missouri. So you know their two East opponents. You know Kentucky being middle of pack, Missouri being a little less. So. I can for, I can forgive I can forgive that almost. I really can because you know Tennessee is going to be a a pretty good team, and then you got Georgia. Uh, so I mean you you know that's yeah, a tough. They start. Already, I can understand yeah. Alabama getting a little bit easier. Yeah, and so we already talked about Arkansas, Auburn had Kentucky at home, and then they played at Georgia, who they played every – is their every-year mm-hmm. opponent. And then they added on Tennessee at home, and then they're at South Carolina. Yeah, it, uh, again, that – you know, that sounds about right, par for the course of what, you know, what was about expected because, again, you have a, a possibly the top team, team in the East, and then you already had Kentucky who was going to be, you know – Middle of the pack, so you know you gain another. You gain two a middle of the pack and a lower tier team in the East. All right, then we move on to Florida, who plays LSU every year, and so they have them at Gainesville, and then like we said, they go to Ole Miss. 
and that was already scheduled. They added on Arkansas, and then which is at Florida, and then probably the most intriguing game that was added on is Florida at Texas A&M. Yeah, that's a very intriguing game. Uh, very excited for that one. That I went, you know, they said there was a lot of games that will excite fans when they revealed it uh, on the SEC Network, and when I was watching through, I was like, no, nope, not seeing that so far. When they added that Florida Texas A&M game, that was the one that's like, oh wow, that's that's gonna be a good one. That'll definitely be a good game if if uh, Texas A&M, you know, lives up the standards that they're selling them every year. And I was telling my dad, if Jimbo can't do it this year, he won't do it because you know it's it's time for them how good they're supposed to be. Yeah, they've got to make a leap this year. Uh, it's uh, it's the time for them to make their leap. Uh, and that, and um, okay, no, go ahead. I was going to move us on, but if you had another a point on Texas A&M. I actually didn't. I don't know why I went. And <laughs> Okay, anyway, Georgia, who we've talked about, they have Auburn already, and then they go to Alabama. And so they added Mississippi State and Arkansas. So we already kind of talked about them. And Kentucky, uh, Mississippi State, uh, at home for them, and then on the road at Auburn. And then they get the other Ole Miss – other Mississippi school and Ole Miss, and then they travel to Alabama. You never want to travel to Alabama. But it'll be interesting based on the fan experience, how many fans, if there are going to be any fans at all, just how all that plays out. We'll definitely kind of go into play with all this stuff. But when you look at uh, places like your Alabama's, LSU, Georgia's, Florida's, places that can hold, you know, 80 to 90 to 100,000, Nobody's going to have that this year. And everybody, I think, is going to have pretty much the same this year unless they do a percentage, like 25% capacity. Uh, if you want me to be honest, it, like, I still stick by – I know there's a lot of money to be lost from it. I just don't see how there's fans uh, this season. I, I, just, I just don't see it. Uh, you know, yeah, maybe, you allow, maybe you allow player families in and that's it. But I just yeah, don't that's see what I was how gonna you – if anybody was going to get in, it was going to be players' family and coaches' family. And I would probably – I would think that the universities would do anything in their power to get students because, you know, that's kind of the life of the stadium is the students. But if anybody's going to get on, it's going to be the parents of coaches and players. Yeah. But moving uh, on I mean, to uh, – oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off again. It's all right. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, LSU, they had at South uh, at home versus South Carolina, and then Florida already scheduled, and they added Missouri and Vanderbilt. So, you know, two of the lesser opponents of the East that LSU got there. I don't really think those are probably two LSU wins for them. Pro- I think LSU got protected the most. Yeah, you already have a tough game in Florida, but then you had was it South Carolina that they already originally yeah, had? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't warrant you getting the two worst teams in the East. I don't believe. Uh, I think LSU out of anybody got protected probably the, the hardest. Uh, that's that's the one you can make an. I think you can make an argument for Georgia, Alabama, Florida schedules. LSU, you're wondering, you know, why why'd they not get somebody tougher? Yeah, and that moves us on to Ole Miss and State, who we've already talked about. Missouri and South Carolina, we've already mentioned as well. And so that leads us to Tennessee, who plays Alabama at home, who they play every year, and then they had Arkansas in their rotation, where they'll have to go to Fayetteville, which probably won't be a, a you know. Uh, a, much of a game as Tennessee's expected to be, you know, pretty good this year, uh, like they are every year. But anyway, they go – they added Texas A&M at home, which is also a very good game, and then at Auburn. So, Tennessee at Auburn is intriguing as well. They got two quality games, I think, Tennessee did. Yeah. Uh, 
Tennessee, nobody really knows. Uh, I, I think I'm, you're expecting Tennessee to be very competitive this year, no doubt about that. Uh, I would say competitive and, is the right word. Just being yeah, able to uh, compete in games. I wouldn't say, you know, they're going to be yeah, out of the ten games. Well, and they were competitive games, last but, year to an extent. Uh, you know, it kind of became the running joke on the on the podcast. You know, I – I predicted them to be third in the East, and that looked really bad at the start of the season, but I ended up being right. Uh, I think you're expecting them to be third in the East again. Uh, maybe, and, you know, this might be the year Tennessee needs to knock off one of Georgia or Florida. Not both, but, you know, you might hope that you can knock one off this year. Yeah, that third spot in the East definitely going to be battled by Tennessee. And then at the time being, I would probably pick Tennessee for that spot. Yeah, uh, as of, yeah, as of right now, I definitely expect Tennessee to be in that spot. And that uh, moves us on to uh, Texas A&M, who we've already mentioned, you know, in earlier games. They have at home versus Vanderbilt, which they'll win, and out on the road, which is South Carolina. And they added, like we said, two quality games uh, at home versus Florida and on the road at Tennessee. So Texas A&M and Tennessee, they both got two quality games that I think Texas- fit, fit even with their playing field. I don't know – yeah, Missouri and Arkansas got hit worse in terms of opponents. I don't know if this hurt anybody more than Texas A&M because you say that list. Vanderbilt and South Carolina, and you know, the, you know, after they came off a killer schedule last year where they had Clemson, Georgia, uh, you know, uh, I believe they had Tennessee last year too. Um, not for sure. But, you know, and then your normal SEC West. Texas A&M, I don't think anybody would disagree with you if you said they had the hardest schedule in the country. And it was looking like this year they might have had one of the easiest in the country. But uh, out of all this, they they got hit really hard. Um, and now uh, they've got a they've got a pretty tough road all of a sudden. Yeah, I can I can agree. But like I said, Florida and Tennessee are kind of on an equal playing field with them. I don't think you know they're above them like Alabama and Georgia are, in my opinion. Florida and Tennessee kind of fit even with Texas A&M, in my opinion. And that uh, – but with that, we'll move on to Vanderbilt, who we said, you know, mentioned before and all these other schedules. And they had Ole Miss and Texas A&M already on schedule, and they got at, at home versus LSU, and now they travel to Mississippi State. But I don't think it was really going to matter. Just Vanderbilt is not at a good place in their football program right now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and drawing LSU is not exactly what they wanted to see, especially – I'm sure they still have nightmares about the uh, beating LSU gave them uh, last year. Uh, uh, I'm I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I mean, yeah. If you don't, I don't know. It's I would still have nightmares after what LSU did to them at, on their own field. Yeah, but I mean, it, to it, their defense, LSU did that to a lot of people last year. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was just uh, you know having to do that, and then when you're supposed to be like, all right, we ain't seen them again for another four to six years, and then you draw them the very next year. Uh, yeah. that, that's tough. Okay, real quick before we exit off college football and kind of talk a little bit NBA. So, let's say the Big 12, SEC, ACC have a successful season, and, you know, come postseason, they're still going to have a playoff. The national champion, do you think that it's well-deserved, get full credit, or do you say, well, they won the national championship, but – you know what I'm saying? What, what's your thoughts on that? Asterisks have been put on national championships uh, for uh, – until the playoff um, 
even through the BCS, you had people arguing. But the playoff, you haven't had too many people question its validity. Um, you for the you know for about the existence of college football because of polls and stuff. You've had people putting asterisks on national championships for ages. People can do it if uh, you know they can put as many asterisks as they want. I, I consider it real. I mean, uh, you know. You had Ohio State, but besides Ohio State, who else did you see competing for the national championship this year out of the Big Ten and the Pac-12? Yeah, not really anybody. You would have had a couple of teams, you know, make some noise, but when it all came down to it, Ohio State I mean, was you, the only you, one. You do hate it, no doubt about it. You hate that uh, You hate that they're not going to be participating, but, you know, their conference made that decision. Um, you know, and if we do play a national championship, uh, a playoff this year, Whoever wins it, I mean, they're 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 the national champion in my eyes. I mean, you know, yeah. you you can sit around and try to justify how they weren't all day long, but fact of the matter is, against the team they were lined up with, you know, they won. I mean, and it's as simple as that. Yeah, I agree. You know, wholeheartedly with you. Uh, it, I, whoever now, I think this is a great opportunity. They won't do it, but I think this is a great opportunity this year. Uh, uh, experiment with an expanded playoff, kind of like an 18 playoff maybe, but they won't do it. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think we're going to see an expanded playoff this year. Um, just because no, I don't, think, I don't think we will either, but I think this would be a good time to experiment with it. Well, you have back and forth. Uh, you know, in terms of like this – yeah, it could be, but at the same time, you also, with COVID-19 concerns, you know, you already adding more, uh, you know, more teams to, you know, when there's already safety concerns, you know, it's not the best time. But, you know, personally, I like it at four. Um, I think eight's too many. I think six, if you're going to add anything, six is perfect. Uh, but I'm, I would rather have four than I'd rather have eight, if you want me to be completely honest. I, I think eight's a good number, in my opinion. In a, in a normal year, I think they should do the Power Five um, champions, one group of five champion, and then the other two can be at-large bids. It, it, it's interesting because, you know, you have – you know, this is – this argument has what, you know, has been fueled – Especially for the group of five, uh, you know, having eight, so you could the group of five could get an automatic qualifier because of UCF. What about the use? There's not a UCF. Like, look at Memphis this past year. They were a very good team. You're an idiot if you thought they could actually win the national championship. That is true. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm Appalachian sorry. State was a good team this year as well. Yeah, but they're not winning national championships. I, I would go as far, you know, as far to say UCF was good that year. I don't think they're beating any of the four teams that were in the playoff that year. So, I mean, yeah, there's the years where they go undefeated and a team looks really good. And you could make the argument of, you know, well, you know, maybe that should be considered. And that's fine. But look at this year. Then you're taking a spot from – and give me a second. Uh, give, me, give me some feeler uh, for a second, Jackson, as I look up the final uh, poll. Uh, yeah. As I look up the final so, poll from the 2019 season. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, the group of five, UCF, and when it all boils down to it, are they really going to be able to beat, you know, the Blue Bloods, the Alabamas, the Ohio States in the playoffs? Um, are they going to? Probably not. But I do – there is a part of me that thinks that they should have at least have a chance to do it. You, I mean, look at, you know, March Madness, 64 teams. Loyola Chicago made a run to the Final Four last year. 
I mean, if they – if the 64 team, if they didn't have the automatic qualifiers, one, they weren't going to get in. And once they got in, they, you know, made it all the way through the whole round of 64, round of 32. They beat all these really good teams. And so they just made a nice run uh, to the final four because you gave them a chance. And so that's what I would – that would be my pitch for the group of five teams being in the playoff. Yeah, uh, but I want to go back to last year, you know – Talking about Memphis, you know, we like we said, they're a very good team. They beat Ole Miss last year. They, uh, I mean, they look really good. They gave Penn State all they wanted in the Cotton Bowl. But I'm going to name teams, and I want you to stop me. This is the final poll from the AP. I want you to stop me when you feel like you've heard a name that Memphis could have possibly beat last year, okay? Okay. LSU, Clemson, stop. Ohio I'm State. Just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Oregon, Florida, Oklahoma, Alabama, Penn State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Baylor, Stop. Auburn. Who do you think they're beating? If they have a really good game, they might uh, – I don't know. They may not beat them, but they could definitely compete with Wisconsin, in my opinion. Okay. Wisconsin was 11th last year to finish up. Yeah. If, if there was somebody on there that I think they could compete and have a chance to win, I would say Wisconsin. You know, and that just uh, – just to try to prove the point, you know, Memphis is a very good team. Besides Minnesota, maybe, Wisconsin. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And possibly Baylor. Uh, but, I know I wouldn't even give him Baylor. I, Baylor, no, I was very I wouldn't give him Baylor last year. Yeah, I wouldn't give and him Baylor. And Iowa, you're down to Memphis at 17. You know – you're talking about maybe three out of the top 15 te- or top 17 teams that if by circumstance they had a good, an amazing game they could beat. I just, I, you know, you're going to have the arguments. Uh, another team is going to be UCF eventually and go 12-0. and 0. They're going to have a really good non-conference win. But I just, again, I just don't see how you could argue, you know, effectively argue that one of those teams could win the national championship. I agree with him, but I thought that should be up for discussion. Uh, that, but that, I mean, that could be a whole different podcast when we talk about the expansion of the playoffs, and we should do that sometime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be that would be a really good episode. Uh, but we're, you know, we're already at the thirty-five minute mark. We got to wrap up soon. Uh, real quick, before we talk about the bubble for just a second, um, to give you our plans, we were going to do all five conferences, but Pac-12 and Big Ten obviously canceling their postponing. Yeah, they wanted to screw up our plans. Yeah, uh, so over, you know, three of the next weeks, we are going to have uh, – we are going to do conference previews where, kind of like last year, if you go back to our second episode, we went through the entire SEC and we predicted, you know, records and stuff like that. Uh, expect that for all three conferences this year because, you know, uh, with the lack of sports, I feel like most of us are going to – you know, if you're an SEC-exclusive watcher – I feel like this year most people that are are going to be paying more attention to the other conferences they ever have, just missing sports. So, you know, we want to make sure if you guys want that knowledge, we're, we're going to give you the best we got. Uh, so be on the lookout for those. Yeah, absolutely. With school starting for me next week and Peyton starting in two weeks, you know, we're going to have to try to scramble when we get stuff out. We'll try to, you know, get it out as regularly as possible, releasing them on Tuesdays like we were doing last school year. But, you know, you'll just kind of have to work with us. We'll have to make sure to follow us on our social medias that we'll get posts out so everybody can know when we're going to release the episode. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and now that can lead us into the bubble. And uh, Jack uh, Jackson, how much of the bubble have you watched? Uh, I've watched, um, you know, just like a normal amount. I watch the Lakers games, obviously, and then uh, I try to, you know, peek in and out. And I definitely keep up with a lot of it more than, you know, watch a lot of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've watched a fairly good amount. And there's uh, two or three things that really stick out to me, one being that Luka Doncic is the future of the NBA. Uh, the Grizzlies really need Jaron Jackson. And then the Lakers – are struggling and need to find their their group soon before the playoffs. Or you know, two, two, those are two or three things. I can you know say more things, but I'll let you go ahead and get some in as well. Uh, you know, I'm kind of like you. I haven't watched all of them, but I've watched a couple, and it's been it's been pretty good basketball at points. Uh, and honestly, I would follow all your points. So, you know, I would agree with that. Um, I would be curious to ask you uh, who out of the four teams. Suns, Blazers, Grizzlies, and Spurs. Who who would you want to see in a first round matchup the least as a Lakers fan? Oh, Portland for sure. Portland. Yeah, they they had the best player out of all four of those teams. The only thing about yeah. Portland is that they don't have anybody to guard AD, but then they can flip it around and say, "Well, the Lakers don't have anybody to guard Damian Lillard," which is true. Yeah, uh, you know. Having Avery uh, Bradley opt out was pretty big for y'all. Yeah, and as a Grizzlies fan, you are from the outside looking in. What is it? What do the Grizzlies look like without Jaron? I mean, do they just look like they need him that bad, or do you think they just haven't played well? Uh, no, Jaron's a big part of it. I think they really, uh, it really hurt them, no doubt. I think when Jaron uh, was lost. Uh, I, I just – I really think they, that he, he was much needed to uh, chemistry and just uh, to, you know, just to the overall uh, talent on the floor. Uh, I think that hurt him. Uh, and, you know, honestly, uh, I thought we could maybe win, steal a game against the Lakers if we got in. Now I think we would easily get swept. Uh, but, you know, you never know. The bubble's been interesting. Because you had you've had teams that were really good in the regular season, not play so hot, and teams that were not good, you know, that got off to bad starts in the in the regular season, they played extremely well in the bubble. Yeah, and I think I, you see that with the Lakers. Prior to you know the break from COVID, the Lakers were on a roll and they were playing the best basketball they played, you know, up to that point. And it really kind of frustrates me as a Laker fan seeing because they are definitely. They're struggling shooting the ball. That's the one big deal. They're struggling shooting the ball. And um, it's just kind of frustrating because of how well they're playing before the bubble and coming to now. And so the Lakers have the one seed. And I still think it's going to be difficult for teams to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. Certain teams, not all teams. But are you, you, talking about your Grizzlies, you know, I did get lucked up with, you know, Giannis not being able to play after what happened. He got into a little altercation. They suspended him for one game. So, if y'all really – y'all need a win. The Grizzlies need a win. And, you know, with Giannis not playing, it, it'll really help y'all's chances to beat Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps your chances. But, uh, you know, don't ignore, obviously, the, uh, the Bucks are still a very good team without Giannis. Yeah, I mean, they are. But they're even better with Giannis. The Grizzlies wouldn't have had – especially with Jaron out, they would have no one near as good to guard Giannis. Uh, yeah, but 
with that, uh, if you don't have anything else to add, Jackson, I think we can about wrap this one up. No, I know. I think this was a really good podcast. It's, you know, good to get back and record. Like you said, we need to uh, you get on our social medias and inform you guys of when we're going to be posting. Uh, just kind of bear with us, and we'll get that content out soon about the three conferences that are going to play, Big Ten, the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC. We'll get those out, and hopefully here soon we'll get the SEC schedule with dates. So that will have the Big 12 and the, S- and the SEC having a full schedule. I'm not sure if the ACC has released their schedule yet, but whenever they do and if they haven't already, you know, we'll go through all those and we'll, um, you know, mark up our conference champions, who to watch for, stuff like that. So you guys can have a, a lot of information going into September. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be on the lookout for that. I think uh, what we'll probably do um, is uh, I, I'm not sure if we'll knock out the SEC first or what comps we'll knock out first, but you know, uh, just get excited for it. You know, it's, it's football. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, thank goodness it's back. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I mean, y'all just stay safe out there and the school starting back for, you know, colleges soon, but you know, a lot of local high schools and elementary schools, all that stuff. They're all going back, and we ask you guys, you know, stay safe and, um, you know, be well, and we thank you guys for listening. Absolutely. Uh, but if that's it, uh, for Jackson Finch, I'm Payne Toe. Thank you guys so much for listening, as always, and have a blessed day.